Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. So we continue tonight in the book of Romans. I know that shocks some of you and others. You're like, no, we're going to go through it until we're done. If, you, if In my Bible, if you turn the page, then Romans is complete at chapter 16 right there. So almost, we were in Acts over a year. We've been in Romans. Eric could probably tell us. Since June, I knew you, I knew you could tell us. So, so Romans took us... <laughs> Isn't that funny? I knew. He marked it. He has, a, he has a, mark, a brain marker there for all kinds of events, and that's awesome. So since June, we've been in Romans. We're doing good. Let's continue tonight. Romans 14, verse 14. Quick review. In this chapter, the Apostle Paul is talking to believers about not condemning each other for your religious practices as concerning food and holy days. Earlier in the chapter, he says, hey, man, one day is holier than another day to someone. Let them worship on that day. It's great. All days are great. Told you guys, you know, I believe even Cowboy Junction here in church, they have a service on Monday nights. Why? Well, probably they got a lot of rodeo people that are working on Sundays. Don't know. But they do Monday night, and that's Cowboy Church. That is cool. Um, some people meet on Saturday nights. And um, there's one Christian sect, I've told you guys, that they believe everybody else is wrong because we don't meet on Saturdays. Right? Well, Scripture says that all days are great, as long as you worship God. All right? So we don't condemn each other about the food we eat. Um, in the book of Acts, though, we talked about this briefly last week. You don't want to eat food with, with, with a bunch of blood in it. Right? Um, you don't want to eat food that's been strangled. And then Scripture says stay away from sexual immorality. That's what uh, James, the pastor in Jerusalem, told. And he sent this message to the Gentiles, so they simplified it. So here's the deal. If it's legal and moral, and according to God's word, Scripture lines up with Scripture, here's where we begin tonight, all right? Romans 14, 14. The Apostle Paul says, I know and am convinced on the authority of the Lord Jesus that no food in and of itself is wrong to eat, all right? You've got to line that up with Scripture, though, right? As long as you're not dipping your Cheetos in blood, that would be creepy. I think I almost made myself vomit. I'm kidding. But if someone believes it is wrong, then for that person, it is wrong. Isn't that interesting? Some people go, oh, man, I, I don't go to the movie theater. I've, I've met folks that way, and that's okay. You don't have to go to the movie theater. All right? So if, that, if it feels wrong to you, then you, you shouldn't be going, right? Now, if you go to a movie theater, you don't want to be watching dirty stuff or horror movies or terrible things, but... If something's wrong to you, whether it's food or something else, then you do not violate your conscience to do it. Are you with me? You don't violate your conscience. You say, man, I feel this is wrong. I'm going to go ahead and do it. No, you're, you're going to get yourself in trouble that way. All right? Verse 15. And if another believer is dis distressed by what you eat, you are not acting in love if you eat it, especially in front of them, right? Oh, this bothers you? <laughs> you know. Don't let your eating ruin someone for whom Christ, what, died. He's dealing with some stuff here. And some of this you go, well, this is antiquated. This is 2,000 years ago. There's a reason it's in Scripture. And all truth is parallel, okay? So there's, there's a lot in here. Just look for it. Look for it. Listen. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal it to you. Let's keep going. Then you will not be criticized for doing something you believe 
is good. There's a saying in Spanish that says, it says, uh, don't do good things that appear to be evil things. No hagas cosas buenas que parecen que son malas. Don't do good things, things you think are good or believe are good, that appear like bad things, appearance of evil. All right? For the kingdom of God is not a matter of what we eat or drink, hmm. but of living a life of goodness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Let's stay there just for a moment. Goodness and peace and joy. Is that some good stuff right there? Goodness. Man, that covers all kinds of stuff. Scripture says, whatever things are good, think on these things. Whatever things are pure and of good report and holy and comforting, right? I believe that's in Philippians. Think on these things. So a living a life of goodness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit, that's what the kingdom of God is. It's not a matter of what we eat or drink, all right? Let's keep going. If you serve Christ with this attitude, you will please God and others will approve of you too. You know what I've noticed? Let's stay there just a moment. I've noticed that when you serve God, no matter what kind of attack comes against you, if people try to lie about you or whatever, if you're truly serving God with integrity and serving God when no one is looking, eventually you will have a good reputation. Eventually. There'll be stuff that people try to say about you or do to you that just won't stick to you. You'll be like Teflon, right? Man, I feel I don't know if that stuff in pans is still Teflon, is it? It's something else because Teflon is toxic, right? What's the stuff in pans now? Does anyone know? I remember Teflon came under fire, class action lawsuits and stuff. But it, it's, it's pretty good stuff, but I, I still have a tendency to let eggs stick in the pan somehow. I don't know how I do that unless I put olive oil in there. I could do some mean over medium eggs. But I was telling Dad Brown today, I flip them and sometimes they don't flip completely, but, you know, they're good. Jen says, you make good eggs. Well, thanks. Praise God. You can have that and yogurt and microwave sausage and a toast for breakfast. All the stuff I can do, right? But here's my point. Don't let anything stick to you. Just like Teflon used to be or whatever pans we're using now, nonstick. You, if you serve God in the confines of your home and you're a good example out in public, stuff will not stick. No weapon formed against you will prosper. If you serve Christ with this attitude, you will please God and others will approve of you too, no matter how they act or what they say. It's amazing how many people, even after ridiculing you and making fun of you, will say, hey, bro, they're away from their friends and say, hey, would you pray for me? <laughs> I know you serve God. Would you pray for me? I've had people do that, laugh and make jokes and all this stuff. And later on, they're like, hey, man, would you pray? We're going through some stuff. I'm all, yes, I'm going to pray for you in front of your friends next time when you all are laughing. I'm going to say, he requested prayer. Let's all bow our heads, close our eyes, take our hats off. He requested prayer. You serve Christ with this attitude, you will please God, and others will approve of you too. Excellent. Let's move on. So then let us aim for harmony in the church and try to build each other up. You know what I've said over the years, and I, this isn't an original thought. I've heard much greater and better preachers, men and women of God over the years saying, let's not focus on what we disagree on, let's focus on what we agree on. Just right away, let's focus on what we agree on. Years ago, a dear friend of mine, he, uh, he told another friend, he said, uh, and I've heard, this, I've heard this said before many times, not just, not just once, not just twice. If I've heard it once, I've heard it a dozen times, I've heard it a thousand times, is let's focus on what we agree on, right? 
You can find stuff you disagree with, what, what I'm saying here. You say, well, I wouldn't do it that way. I wouldn't say it that way. No, let's focus on what we agree on. This is a church that preaches unity and love. You know because you feel welcome here. Other visitors that come, whether they come back or not, they feel love here. Let's focus on what we agree on. I've heard people tell each other that for years and years is, hey, let's not get into all this. Let's not find reasons to disagree we can go, we'll go to another church and find reasons to disagree. I don't like that. I don't like this. No, let's find reasons to have harmony here and unity here. Scripture says, I believe it's in Psalm 133, that unity is where God commands the blessing. Why? Scripture explains Scripture, right? What does the New Testament say? Where there is strife, there is what else? Basically, every... There's disunity in every evil work, man. There's contention and strife. You're going to eventually get, into, get to, into a place where people are trying to do each other physical harm, talk bad about each other, be awful to each other. Let us aim for harmony in the church and try to build each other up. Let everything we do be to build each other up. Let's move on. Don't tear apart the work of God over what you eat. <laughs> <laughs> that is crazy that that statement is in your Bible, it's in my Bible, whatever translation you have. Don't tear apart the work of God over what you, don't try to bring disunity. Oh man, you know what? Mm-mm. They don't, I've heard people say this, they don't have the right kind of communion bread at their church. The goal is, let's do something unleavened. I think we can base that on scripture and, and, and just through some common sense. Man, if I've had some amazing communion services with people at their house, and they had grape juice, and it probably wasn't even Welch's. It was probably some fake stuff. It might have been juicy juice. That stuff is fake. Juicy juice. Don't drink that stuff, man. I mean, you may, you may lose your hair. I mean, grape juice and crackers and the Spirit of God was there. Crackers were the unleavened bread. said, they're a little salty. That's great. That, that is great. Unity, man, unity. Let's, let's look for unity. Let's look for what we do agree on. Praise God. Don't tear apart the work of God over what you eat. Remember, all foods are acceptable. It's so fascinating that he repeats this over and over and over again. It was obviously causing disunity in the early church of Jesus. Remember, all foods are acceptable, but it is wrong to eat something if it makes what? If it makes another person stumble. Wow, that is something else. Okay. It is better not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything else if it might cause another believer to stumble. Hmm. Now, I want to stay there just a moment, get into a subject that's uncomfortable for a lot of people, but it's not, comf- it's not uncomfortable for me, so I'm going to just get into it. And that is the subject of, should believers drink alcohol or not? Well, there's several things you got to look at. With that, I know I'm branching off. You're kind of chasing a rabbit a little bit, but number one, I want you to answer honestly tonight, okay? Are you with me? Answer honestly. If you found out that I was an alcohol drinker, would it bother you? Raise your hand if it would. Some of you are like, hmm. Some are like, uh, okay, thank you for your honesty. Some are like, no, that, that doesn't bother me. I think you'd be moderate with me. You'd be moderate with it. Okay, well, you don't know me. (laughs) 
I love your honesty, sis. God bless you. God bless America, and thank you for your service, too. She's a, she's a soldier, and I, I love Ms. Debbie because she's a straight shooter. She don't give you extra. It's yay or nay. She said it would bother me. I, moderation does not come naturally to me. It doesn't. Some of you understand me. Some of you are like, I'm naturally moderate. Well, may the Lord bless you. That's good. If one is good, then five is better, you know? I mean, my brother, similar guy. We, we're not into that. We don't, we don't drink alcohol. It's not our thing, okay? But let me say this. Jonathan visited our house this summer. Does anybody know what poppy drinks are, poppies? They're healthy. They have apple cider vinegar in them. They have five grams of sugar. Oh, you got to get used to them. They're not as sweet as sodas, but they're great. So Jonathan came to the house. I'm proclaiming this now. It'll be recorded forever in digital media and in the cloud. John came to our house, and he had four poppies. He's welcome to. He said, no, you know where they are, John. But now you know. Now No, have as many as you want. After that, John left. I'm all, baby, hide the poppies for next time that, that John's here. Hide those. Those are $2.50 a can. Kidding. We didn't hide them. We didn't hide them. I just, I just don't know if we brought them up next time. I don't remember. I don't remember. I don't remember. But see the moderation thing? John and I are like, true sinners, man. There's stuff in our family tree we don't want to get into, okay? But here's one of the reasons I do not drink alcohol as a pastor and as a believer is it may cause someone else to stumble. And you were all honest with me tonight. Some hands went up, some didn't. Here's something else. I think this ties, ties, it's tied to the same thing there. That is, there are the people who came to the world from the world, and they, they're hardcore believers now, and they drank hardcore in the world, so they don't understand why you would want to bring that into the church, and it would cause them to stumble if I did it. And some people say, well, it's just not, it's not a good example. Okay, great. All right, then we go to the moderation. We go to all these things. But one of the number one things about alcohol is if you could do it without causing someone to stumble, well, that's between you and God. I don't believe drinking alcohol or getting tattoos sends people to hell. Okay? Is everybody with me still? But I practice neither. Now, tattoos, someone asked me about that the other night. Well, Pastor Matt, what do you think about tattoos? I said, well... It also says in the Old Testament, don't shave the sides of your head. And I got that beat, don't I? So I don't believe that's going to send me to hell. I know lots of men of God that are bald, or a few at least, right? Someone's like, name three. I know a few, right? I know of a few. Look, I'm not going to get into all that. And folks will say, there's grays there. Okay, but here's my point. What if me doing that causes someone to stumble, someone whom Christ died for? Wow. That's one of the reasons I don't drink. Here's another reason I don't drink. It violates my conscience. Is this all tying into the chapter? It is. I don't drink alcohol. It, vi it violates my conscience. Another reason I don't do it is because of the moderation issue. Another reason is I wasn't taught that it was all right. But once again, I don't believe actions like this are going to send people to hell what you eat and drink. It's not. But we need to be wise with other believers and walk in love. Part of my walking in love, part of my convictions is being alcohol-free, okay? So it's better not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything else if it might cause another believer to stumble. Would it bother anybody in here if I ate sausage? Okay, good, because I'm going to keep doing that. Let's, let's move on. Whew, praise God. We dodged a bullet, Sister Debbie. Woo! Let's go on to the next verse. 
Man, that would be tough. We had, I had sausage in that gumbo dad made today. Thank you, Dad. It was good. It's gone. You may believe there's nothing wrong with what you are doing, but keep it between yourself and God. Hmm, that's an interesting translation, isn't it? It doesn't mean go start having a bunch of secret sin. That's not what that means. There's certain things you say, man, well, I, st- I, go, I go relax. I go to the movie theater. If that offends your brother, then don't bring it up to him anymore. That's between you and God. Don't be watching crazy stuff, but once again, that's between you and God. Blessed are those who don't feel guilty for what? For doing something they have decided is right. What do they call that in psychology? Cognitive dissonance. They're saying one thing and their brain's saying another thing. Does any, is anybody familiar with those terms? Say, so, no, this is fine and it's really bothering their conscience. Don't violate your conscience, all right? Let's move on. But if you have doubts about whether or not you should eat something, are you guys still listening? This is quite a chapter. You are sinning if you go ahead and do it. Let me read that again. But if you have doubts about whether or not you should eat something, you are sinning if you go ahead and do it, for you are not following your what? Convictions. If you do anything you believe is not right, hmm, you are sinning. Let's stop there for a minute. One translation says, English Standard Version, New King James, King James Version, they say something more approximately uh, like this. Whatever is not done in faith or whatever doesn't come from faith is sin. Okay? Back to some soda examples. Y'all with me? Those of you on the live stream, stay with me. Soda examples. These are powerful and poignant. These are very important. For me, (laughs) I think having more than one soda at a sitting, and I'm careful with sodas. Y'all know that because they are one. Remember we talked about moderation? If one's great, ten must be better. Mm-mm. You get to the point where your teeth are sticking together, they're gritty. You ever drank that many sodas? It's like, this ain't right. I've, I've gone overboard. I think having more than one soda at a sitting is bothersome. I, feel, I don't know, man. It feels toxic to me. I feel like I'm sitting against my body. I know that sounds silly to y'all. Some of you are like, man, I sit down, knock out five. Well, go ahead. It bothers me. It it. I don't know if it convicts me, but it bothers me. I always feel like, oh, I'm doing my body wrong with all this acidic stuff. I'm going to have problems, you know? So I don't do it. I can't do it in faith. It almost sounds silly. You say, what? You say, I can't, I can't go for a walk after dark because I can't do it in faith. Please don't go. If your faith shield is not up, don't go, right? If you do anything you believe is not right, you are sinning. Before we get into chapter 15, we'll get into, we'll foray into chapter 15 briefly. Are there any questions? I don't know if I'll be able to answer them, but are there any questions tonight? We'll try. Me and then hopefully the Holy Spirit will help me to answer them. Does anyone have any questions? Do you have one, B? No? Almost? Why? Oh, man, I didn't even think about that. Hey, hey, most of you, I don't know who this is for. Most of your New Year's resolutions are fake unless right now you just say they're going to be real in Jesus' name. So hang with, most people don't stay with them. So man, y'all stay with them. Y'all trying to drop weight, I'm trying to put some on, man. 
So I wasn't trying to mess with y'all's New Year resolutions, no, all jokes aside about eating. But here we go. Chapter 15. Chapter 15. We who are strong must be considerate of those who are sensitive about things like this. We must not just please ourselves. We should help others do what is right and build them up in the Lord. Isn't that nice? It says we shouldn't just please ourselves. That's powerful. We should help others do what is right and build them up in the Lord. That's very scriptural, not just here. It lines up with everything Jesus said. It really does. Let's keep moving. Walking in love. For even Christ didn't live to please himself. Wow. As the scriptures say, the scriptures say, the insults of those who insult you, O God, have fallen on me. My goodness. Such things were written in the scriptures long ago to teach us. And the scriptures give us hope and encouragement as we wait patiently for God's what? God's promises to be fulfilled. Can I read that verse again, please, Mia? Such things were written in the scriptures long ago to teach us. And the scriptures give us hope and encouragement as we wait patiently for God's promises to be fulfilled. I think I'm going to stop right there tonight. Yeah, we're going to stop right there. Verse 4 of chapter 15. Many of you have seen God's promises fulfilled in your lifetime in some areas, right? He's answered prayers. It lines up with his word. Those are his promises. But there's other things we're waiting for. Y'all heard Dad Brown? Before I got into the word tonight, he's talking about the book of Revelation. Those are promises that are yet to be fulfilled. But there are thousands of items in Scripture that have already been fulfilled and have been proven true. Historically, prophetically, Things that have happened, things that are happening, things that have been prophesied, but there's so much more that remains that we're holding out for. The return of Jesus, this scene in heaven, the great panorama of all of history, the great white throne judgment. Man, all of us being in heaven together, everybody worshiping together. There's so many things, so many things. But I need to encourage you with something right now is you've seen God fulfill many things in your lives as it is. Sis, you're young, but you've lived to see grandchildren. What a blessing. What an immense, outstanding blessing. There are other promises in your lives you've lived to see. You say, man, I have a job I've waited for a long time to have. I live in a home that I've prayed for, we prayed for. I drive, I drive a vehicle. You say, these are temporary things. They're temporal. What about your kids? They got saved. Or the, the impossible person, they got saved. Look at God's promises. Look at them. Many of his promises have been fulfilled, but we are still hoping and believing. Not hoping without faith, but saying, no, it's the great hope someday. I remember growing up in church, I think it was Baptist churches, they said the blessed hope. Say, one day, man, Jesus is coming back for his people. One day. And I don't, I don't know if everybody's going to get this, but Mom Brown is. She's been to Israel. My brother went to Shabbat meal with a Jewish family. It was the mayor of Shiloh. Anyone ever heard of Shiloh? Israel, it's in the Bible. Shiloh, Israel. And he's Jewish. He's not a Messianic Jew, so he's not a believer like us in Jesus. But he was very open and loving. And he said, well, you know, he was talking to Jonathan, this group of ministers in Israel, and he said, you know, someday we're going to know who was right. He said, if I'm wrong, then we're going to all be worshiping God one day like this. He said, if y'all are wrong, y'all are going to be worshiping God like this one day. Jews, they, they bob their heads when they worship God. See, I knew not all of you were going to get it, but it was worth it because some of you got it. 
I know, some of you are like, what, Pastor Matt? All I know is, the reason I brought that up is, all I know is one day we will stand before God. And I can guarantee you, according to his word, I believe it. It resonates deeply within me. It's been fulfilled. It's being fulfilled now and it will be fulfilled. Jesus is the answer. He's the only way. He cannot be disproved. He lived. They cannot, they cannot say he didn't rise again. They never found his bones. He is resurrected. There are proofs for the resurrection. Anyone who has ever gone out to disprove it has themselves become a believer. He is the blessed hope. And we will swing out into eternity on the promises of his word. Go ahead and bow your heads tonight. Close your eyes. Let's believe God as always. We pray believing. Is there anyone in this house that the sound of my voice says, Pastor Matt, I've never accepted Jesus and I need to because I don't know where I would go if I died. I'm sure most of you, if not all of you, have accepted Jesus, made a true commitment with your life. This is also for those on the live stream, those listening hereafter on Facebook or YouTube. Let's pray this prayer together. It's a prayer of salvation because Scripture says all have sinned and fallen short of God's glory. So if we have not confessed Jesus, we're not right with God and we are sinners. But to become the righteousness of God, to be right with God, we've got to accept Jesus and his sacrifice and confess him. Pray this prayer with me. Say, Heavenly Father, I believe your word. And I know that apart from you and without your grace and the blood of Jesus, I'm a sinner. Say, I'm so sorry, God. I can't do it in my own strength. I need you, Lord. Forgive me. Thank you, Father, for hearing me. I believe. And say, I also believe that Jesus died and rose again for me. And I confess Jesus as my Lord. Say, Lord, come to live within me by faith. I believe and I open the door wide to you in Jesus' name. Say, thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, I speak the blessing over your people tonight, those on the live stream, those in the house, those who will listen to this hereafter. Speak to them, convict them according to your word. Not some judgmental condemnation, conviction. No, Lord, I mean conviction of the Holy Spirit, not a conviction of man that just convicts or condemns us for doing wrong or makes us feel completely shrunken in your presence. No, Lord, a conviction that leads to true repentance, not just remorse, not just saying, oh, what I did was wrong. Godly, godly sorrow leads to life. Just remorse without godly sorrow, it leads to death. It brings condemnation and hurts us. Lord, lead us to conviction. Lead us in your word 